White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23. You can email me there. Follow me there. It's back. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill on Instagram and on Twitter, and the show is at Locked On Sox on Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. Go there right now. Subscribe. Hit the notifications bell. We drop these videos so you'll know exactly when we drop them. And if you are one of the lucky people we send out a Locked On Socks prize pack to, we do that via the YouTube followers and subscribers. So go there right now so you can get your chance to win a Locked On Socks prize pack. But with no further ado, here is Chris Tannehill. Hi, Herb. Today's episode of Locked on White Sox. We'll break down the spring training opener out in Glendale. We'll get to Tim Anderson's potty mouth, and uh, we'll open up the mailbag as well. And it's all brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. All right, Herbie, so here we are. It's Monday, and Cactus League play began yesterday for the White Sox. They took on the Brewers. Um, you know, the Sox lost 7-2. to What uh, wasn't the most impressive uh, start to a spring schedule I've ever seen in my in my 50 years of watching baseball. Uh, they lose 7-2. to The Sox only scratching off four hits today in the lineup. Uh, but the, the White Sox largely throwing a, uh, you know, a, a group of uh, pitchers out there who will probably we won't see uh, through, over the course of the 2021 season. And then that's fine. Uh, they, they rolled out a something called Mike Wright, who pitched in the KBO last year. Um, who's, you know, he got knocked around a little bit, but the velocity looked good and the stuff looked okay. So maybe we'll see him make a spot start later on in the year, but that's really not important. Uh, there's several things from the game I want to get to, but how about the fact that we just, we had live baseball on TV with fans in the stands, it, you know, in this in Chicago, restaurants are opening up again a little bit, and you know, for those who don't you don't listen to us that that don't live in Chicago, I should say, like there's this feeling here, at least locally, that we're finally we're we're inching back towards normal life here amid the coronavirus pandemic, and we're not out of it yet, certainly. But with the vaccinations, you know, uh, it's exciting to see. But how great was it to see baseball back on our televisions today? It was awesome. It was really good to hear people. At the ballpark. And I know last spring training, we, of course, we heard people because it was normal. But, you know, uh, the whole shortened season, it was just eerie the whole time. And the World Series, I really didn't watch a lot. So this is really the first time of having fans in the stands watching baseball and hearing their reaction. Just pure joy. Just, man, it is good. Even though people in Arizona and Florida have been and, you know, this is a different subject, have been out and doing things. <laughs> I think them getting a release of seeing live baseball, Major League Baseball, was a huge thing for them. For me, seeing the people seeing live baseball was a huge relief for me because I know that's in my future. I know that's in your future, Tanny, and there was some good news this past week 
broken by David Kaplan of ESPN 1000. Your guy, that says, your guy Herbie, take that. Yeah, that he says that the, the officials in Chicago are good to go on opening day, having fans at the ballpark, which I know opening day is your like best day of the year, Tanny. So yeah. this has to be uh, something that's great for you to hear, even seeing the fans at the ballpark on Sunday was a good thing for everybody. Yeah, it was it just warmed my heart seeing these people out there, man. Like there was a shot that they had on NBC Sports Chicago. It looked like it was uh, uh, a mother and son possibly and they were just you know, sitting there and enjoying a hot dog and just taking in the game and they had their their masks on and stuff and you know, it just it was just, it was good to see just people enjoying baseball. Like it, it certainly made me feel like I was there and you know, wh- whether or not I'll be going to opening day, I'm not quite sure yet. Where I where I fall on that category, but uh, yeah, it was good to see. Although it was quite funny though, where in the outfield seats at Camelback, there they have people basically, you know, you're you're boxed off, and you're in your own little box when you're sitting out there on the lawn in the outfield uh, until uh, Adam Engel launches a home run out to uh, left field, and all of a sudden everyone's scrambling for the foul ball. So social distancing <laughs> be damned, which is, you know, it's fine. But I just think it's funny, the whole idea of you try to separate people in this communal atmosphere. And then I thought it would be really funny. <laughs> <laughs> when he hit that ball, people's like, ah, oh, I can't get out of this box. I'm a bitch. All of a sudden they turn uh, into, like, mimes out there. Like, they're, they're oh, I'm trapped in a box. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, this, is, this is my area. I can't get out. And they're just really uh, vigilant about it. It. Yeah, and the person you just got spelled like, hey, this is it was supposed to be hit to me. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, so it was just it was just good, man. And it, it is it's one of those things where it's like a little teaser for us here. Like this is what's to come, you know. And it just it, it's there was nothing nothing bad about that game today. Nothing bad about watching it. It was just you know the the weather starting to change here in Chicago, so it's starting to feel like spring. And it's not like last spring where it felt like it was you know at least personally it felt like it was you know. Uh, pending doom, you know, with with the with COVID, but now it's starting. It's starting to feel like we're we're in a spring in in, in many uh, you know uh, terms here. You know, with the uh, with the world as a whole, and and in spring in, ter- in terms of the season changing. So it's good, man. It's it's Matt Speaker would say good vibes, babe. But uh, there was a couple things fun that came out of that game here today. Um, it, you know, they showed the graphic. I'm sure you caught it early on of Tony Larusa. Uh, they they had the graphic of him. It's Tony La Russa's um, ninth season as White Sox manager in parentheses first since 1986, um, which I thought was odd. And then Jason and Stoney kind of pointed that out how funny it was. But yeah, uh, Tony wearing uh, Ed Farmer's number 22. Um, so that let, let you know let that be known out of the shoot there. Um, but yeah, it you know it was, it was the guys looked like they were ready to go. They had some semblance of a normal lineup out there today. Ta. Uh, was leading off. He got himself a hit today out of the four hits combined in the lineup. But one guy that uh, got a little bit of attention was Andrew Vaughn, who uh, you know showed out early with the four pitch walk. And this is our first chance we get to hear Stoney's opinion on Andrew Vaughn and sort of hit the role he's going to possibly play in 2021. By the way, I don't want to overreact, but I think on that four pitch walk, Andrew Vaughn just won the DH spot. So mark that down he's got a good eye we'll yeah. give him a good eye early that's nice that's nice here is Zach Collins to take strike one uh, Vaughn over at first base today Jose Abreu rejoined the team yesterday he had a COVID-19 positive test Jose back in camp now after being cleared but Andrew Vaughn's a guy you're going to hear about this year and Rick Hahn is very high on him and Kenny Williams and the White Sox believe he can compete for that DH spot look he was th- and this this doesn't necessarily guarantee you anything but he was 
the best offensive player at Cal Berkeley, the best college hitter in the country. Yep. So, you know, you're the third pick, you're the best the best hitter in the country. You know that it's going to be there. He's very strong. He's got a compact swing. He hit, He's a line drive hitter with big power. I think he's going to be fine. And we knew coming in they would give him every opportunity to win that job most of the time. You know, there's a lot of intriguing storylines here in the early going in spring and, and things that we're certainly going to put the, uh, the microscope to. But Andrew Vaughn being out there, you know, no hits today. But I will say this, though, you know, if we haven't seen him a lot at first base other than his college career. We saw him a bit at third base during this, the uh, summer camp. And, ugh. But he made a nice diving catch in the sixth inning there. It looked pretty quick at first base. I think this will be a, a key cog for 2021 to have Andrew Vaughn out there and be able to spell uh, Jose Abreu. The only question is, will he come out of the gate hitting? And it sounds like Stoney is, is pretty convinced that, that he will. Yeah, and uh, I think Steve Stoney, of course, he has very good opinions, and he's been around baseball for a long time, and I trust his opinion. And the Andrew Vaughn thing is not me worrying about him eventually hitting. He'll hit eventually, but the adjustment will be steep from single A up to the majors. And this is why I was listening to the radio, and it was uh, Len Casper, of course, and our guy Darren Jackson. And at the same time that Stoney was talking about Andrew Vaughn the same time Darren and Lynn were talking and Lynn asked Darren and I thought I was going to get a canned you know White Sox answer from Darren you know you know he's not that guy but also he doesn't want to you know rock the boat for the the front office but Darren was like you know what I don't like youngsters to start their career as a designated hitter this is a belief that he's had for a long, long time, and I'm glad that Darren didn't change his mind just because his team happens to be doing it now. Yeah, I don't like it either. I don't like it to start a career, especially a guy that profiles as a decent first baseman. Like you said, he made a nice uh, diving catch. He won't be like one of the best first basemen, but he can handle himself. He's not hurting himself with the glove at first base. So it was very, very refreshing to hear DJ and Len, and they're going to be an awesome pair. Already, I was enjoying the the broadcast that they're putting together. And once they get to know each other and get each other's humor, especially Darren getting Lynn's and Lynn getting Darren's, man, it's going to be an awesome broadcast. I'm sad that we don't got it on the 670 to score, but <laughs> kudos to ESPN 1000. They're going to need it um, for that re- in that regard because – Otherwise, it's a, it's a terrible listen. <laughs> well, yeah, they're going to need it, and we'll get to that uh, the powerhouse that is the score here in, in a second here. But um, you know, but I, I, you know, I think Andrew Vaughn's going to play enough of first base, so he's not going to feel like a DH. Like I think they'll give uh, Pito several opportunities to get some rest over the 162. Him playing every game last year in the shortened season, and him coming off of COVID, you know, I think they'll they'll give him some abs at DH, and I think he's an established veteran where he can deal with that sort of thing and he can maybe even appreciate a little bit of rest because we're going to need Jose Abreu you know, at 100% when we get into October. So I hope that's something that they utilize and it's not just Andrew Vaughn uh, as a DH the, the whole year because I, I tend to agree with DJ and why wouldn't you? DJ's a smart man. Uh, you mentioned the radio broadcast. Uh, you know, what did Len Casper sound like here? So here's Len Casper basically giving you the, the lone offensive highlights uh, of the day for the White Sox. Lauer on a 3-2 and Engel pops one deep to left back toward the wall. It's gone! That is a two-run homer 
for Adam Engel, and the White Sox are on the board, trailing three to two. I didn't catch a lot of the radio broadcast today. I watched most of the television, but I did catch that. Um, you know, let's evaluate Len. How did Len do today? I mean, we're just spoiled rotten here in, in Chicago, rooting for the White Sox. Like to have the the TV tandem of Stone and Benetti and the radio of Len and DJ, it's just awesome. But what 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 else? What else did you hear from Len today? Just awesome uh, broadcast. He was the same. If you're a Cub fan or a guy or girl that watches the Cubs back in the day on TV, same energy announcing what's happening on the field and with the radio he has to do a little bit more there's not a lot more time to let the action speak for itself because you are explaining the action but allowing dj to get in when he fits in and they're you know still playing a little double dutch you know understanding when's one's gonna break and when's one's gonna continue talking sure but they'll get that rhythm that comes with knowing your partner and darren is a very very patient guy he understands that Lynn is a veteran and he was giving him kudos all, all day long. It's like, man, having you here is awesome. And no disrespect to Andy. Andy was great. He's a professional. But this is the next level, I believe. Lynn Casper, we've dealt with him. Every time I dealt with him as a guy who was working the Cubs board, I felt like he was treating me as an equal. And that's what I felt the broadcast was. He was treating dj as an equal trying to get dj in there when he can setting him up you know being the good point guard that he is setting him up for him to knock out the uh, analysis there and that chemistry will be there it's not there in the first game of a reg of a preseason game um they're both which is a good thing both at the ballpark i know last year during the restart they weren't going to any foreign games they weren't going to any games that weren't by the home team and if we had this last year i don't think we would send people out to those games uh like we didn't send zach or pat or ron to any road games so that makes a huge difference to be at the ballpark hear the crack of the bat see what's happening actually in front of you and so i think the broadcast is going to be phenomenal and truth be told when you got jason and stoney there 95% of the time, I'll be watching on TV, but I know if I go to the radio, I'll hear some familiar voices that are going to do a professional job. We're going to do an awesome job for the folks over there at ESPN 1000. And whoever's listening is going to have a treat every night they are on the uh, broadcast. Yeah, I mean, let, let's be real. Like it was kind of a, it was a real, it was a gut punch, you know, to find out that we were losing Len at the score, right? Because we love Len so much, and he's been such a big contributor to, you know, the the call of the Cubs game, like during the postseason and occasionally during the regular season, filling in for Pat or whatever. But you know, then him going to the competitor, we were so happy he was going to be staying in town with the Sox. But then going to a competitor, we lose a lot of that part of it. But not supposed to say it, but you know, I listen to games on the radio, no matter where the Sox are at. The baseball experience on the radio is part of my fan experience, so I'm just I'm looking forward to hearing a lot of uh, of Len Casper this summer and DJ, of course. So yeah, I didn't get a chance to experience much of it today, but I have no doubt that uh, in short order they're going to have great chemistry and they're going to do a great job on the radio. And I'm looking forward to having Len stretch those radio legs like like he wanted to. Hearing him, you know, uh, be more conversational and you know not having to shoe in 
10,000 sponsors, which you do on the radio, but like when you're, when you're flying the plane for, for marquee and, and Cubs television, like that's a big uh, responsibility right there. And you got to keep things, you know, relatively tight, you know, so I'm looking forward to, to Len just, you know, branching out a little bit and, and hearing them long form. So that's the part of my baseball ritual. And I, and I'm looking forward to experiencing that on a day-to-day basis. Coming up after a quick timeout, we're going to talk about a baseball comeback that happened in Glendale on Sunday and how improbable it actually was and how amazing it was to see a certain player back wearing the pinstripes. And also we'll open up the mailbag. Stay with us right here on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football may be over. But the NBA, college hoops, and the NHL are in full swing. Plus, MLB futures are right there for you at betonline.ag. We're going to do a show, I think maybe this week. We keep pushing it back, but there's so much news going around here in baseball. Uh, we'll give you our futures edition of Locked on White Sox with the odds incorporated from betonline.ag. They've got you covered from award shows. Uh, TV shows and even reality TV. There's updated odds in real time and props on almost anything you can imagine. Herb, what do, you know? I know you're one who likes to dabble in uh, online investing. What are some of the things you're looking at here to sort of uh, bridge the gap between football and baseball season? Well, I don't like to bet on my own teams. Like I told you with betonline.ag, you can bet on the Illini. This is a different service than the ones that you hear uh, broadcasting locally. BetOnline.ag is offshore, so you can bet on the Illini if you really want to. And in this regard, I'm going to go to their MLB futures. While they have the White Sox at over under of a 90 and a half wins, I'm not going to touch that because it's too close to my number. And also, I'll be betting with my heart. So I go to the team that I hate the most. It's the Minnesota Twins with a over under of 85 and a half wins. I think the Minnesota Twins are going to be better than that. So if I wanted to, I'd go to betonline.ag and bet the over 85, 88 and a half wins for the Minnesota Twins at negative 115. $100 to win me $115 to win me $100, I'm going to be doing that on betonline.ag. Absolutely. And I hedge my bets right there, Tanny. So when the White Sox do stuff it up the Twins' ass, at least I'm like, all right, the White Sox won. But if the Twins somehow become the Twins and do the Twin things, at least I made some money, right? Yeah, absolutely, and there's no better place to do it than on betonline.ag. Uh, head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, and don't forget our promo code Locked On to get your 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. That is Herb Lawrence. I'm Chris Tannehill. You are listening to Locked On White Sox, your team every day. Today on the Locked On Today podcast is the relationship broken between Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Oh, Bears fans, you're going to want to listen to that one. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Herbie, we're back here. And Jake Berger, who almost three years to the day, he ruptures his Achilles in a spring game. And then re-aggravates the injury in his backyard, I believe, going down his back stair- staircase. And so this is the first time he was on a big league field um, in three years. And it's just it's pretty amazing. We don't talk about him a lot, but this is a guy, Jake Berger, who was a first-round pick in 2017. We thought that Jake Berger was going to – he's the first pick made – following the the decision to rebuild so there was a lot of put you know a lot of uh of onus put on jake Berger, and we thought he was going to be like oh this is going to be our guy 
uh, our pillar at third base or DH for years to come, you know, um, and just it, it, didn't, it didn't turn out that way because of the bad luck with the injuries. But he just to see him back out there and just the, the, the testament it is to his character and his drive to get himself back out in the field. Now, granted, the Sox were going to give him every opportunity to earn his way back and, and as well they should have. But that's, you know, having them say, yeah, we'll, we'll love to, we'll have you back here, blah, blah, blah. But to him actually put in the work with the rehab and, you know, baseball is such a mentally grueling game. And to stay in the mix and stay in the game figuratively and literally is really quite amazing to see. And we'll, we'll get your thoughts on Jake Berger in a second. But I just wanted to play this clip for you. This is Jake Berger in the post game, uh, very emotional. And then it, it, he has a little funny moment in here as well. But here's Jake Berger talking about being back on the field for the first time in three years. It, it feels incredible. Um, you know, it was, it was a special moment today. Like, I was talking to Scott earlier in the week and it's, uh, you know, I, I kind of broke down in tears on the way to the field for the uh, first day. And so this was just another milestone uh, in the comeback. And, you know, it's feels great to be out there with the guys and just uh, playing baseball again. How did you feel as far as what you did on the field? And the um, I, I felt great. You know, uh, I think it was is one of those things where it, it kind of told me that that I belong, um, you know, that that those injuries are, are well behind me. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm back to playing baseball and, and belong there. Hey, Jake, I saw you, uh, like, during infield talking a little bit to Tim Anderson out there. Just normal chatter, or is he just giving you a little, you know, kind of giving you some pointers, too, as the game's going on? Uh, it's, it's a mix of both. Um, you know, the the first thing I said to him after my first at-bat, I, I looked up at the scoreboard. I'm like, I need to get that picture changed. You know, I'm 40 pounds uh down from that from that picture you know it's uh <laughs> I really want want a new picture there um but no he's he's helping me with my positioning and, and certain situations that come up um he's like you know what like ask me any question you you got like I got you you know uh it's it's three years out of the game so He's, he's going to kind of help me speed it back up. And uh, so it's, it's awesome playing next to him. If you go on Twitter, you can see the photo that they had at Camelback Ranch of Jake Berger, presumably from his 2017 draft photo uh, the, from the 108 guys. They have the receipts on that as well where, he, you know, he's looking 108 thick there. But uh, it was kind of funny. He, seeing the difference of how he looks aesthetically now compared to that draft photo is, is pretty stark. And hopefully that's going to be something that's going to help him. But you ever have any an instance like that where you have – a picture maybe from your heavier days where you just you hate to look at. I couldn't imagine that. You know, you everyone I think has pictures at least that they have of themselves that they hate to look at. But I couldn't imagine those being on a on a jumbotron uh, in a big league ballpark. <laughs> oh yeah, when I was in college at COD, there's a picture I used to write for the newspaper, and so there's a picture of us being in the staff and chilling out. And I look at it, I was like, oh my God, Jesus, was I that fat? Like, <laughs> it was ridiculous. I was like, God, oh, like I'm looking at that picture. I truly believe it was like 350 pounds and not even close. I don't remember being that, you know, when you're in the moment, you don't feel that. But I look at the picture, I was like, oh, why is this got to be saved in perpetuity? Anybody's <laughs> got a courier from 1998 that can look at that out. Oh, Check yeah. out the uh, courier of COD. Well, so, uh, so it happens to be I have one right here. No, I don't have one. <laughs> um, a sneaky uh, uh, fat guy pro tip for you. So I was at probably my heaviest uh, around the time I got married, 2012, right? I was... I was well over 310, like who knows, like I could have been over that, but I'm like, I'm 30 something pounds down from that time 
eight years ago. It sucks looking at my wedding photos to see me when I'm in my worst shape. Like I know a lot of people who, when they're getting ready to get married, they really kick it into high gear and try to get into the, their, their spring training shape, the best shape of their life. But me, I you know didn't really care much about my physical appearance then. It sucks to look back at those photos now, but at least now I could look my wife in the eye and say, "Hey, I look better today than the day you married me." So you can always have that, you know, that that standard. So I think that's a good way to look at it. You know, you try to improve day in and day out, and and don't revert and don't balloon up after you get married. That's a pro tip to you if you're ever going to get married, there, sir. When you get settled down. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was funny from Jake Berger. But uh, yeah, what, what do you think about uh, Jake Berger's future here? Like, I just I don't know. You know, no one knows really. You know, I just I just hope it works out for him. He's he's a good guy. He follows me on Twitter for some reason, uh, and just I admire just the, the the drive and the will to get back on the field again. And folks, we're going to get to uh, other people who are White Sox organization people who also followed Chris oh. Tannehill on Twitter. Oh. Later. oh, that's a whole that's a whole show, yeah. <laughs> it is. Um yeah, it's amazing. Just the profile on him coming out of Missouri State was hit. He can hit all the time. He's gonna be a major league guy who can hit now finding a position, you know, third base he might be a little too big for at the time. Now he's slimmed down and maybe he got the footwork down and can do some work at third base. But of course, the White Sox already have a full time third baseman and Yoan Mancata going for them. So it doesn't look good for Jake Berger's White Sox career in the future. But if he hits in the minor leagues, they're going to find a spot for him either on the major league squad or trade him to some other uh, staff, uh, some other team. So I feel that he's over these injuries. Hitting will come back to him after he'll be in uh, 150 games in the minor leagues, whatever it is. And I think maybe not this year, but next year, Jake Berger will be on a major league squad. If it's not the White Sox, it'll be some other team because I think the kid can just flat out rake. And historic his story is very, very inspiring to come back from the same injury. like a, Just as devastating how Achilles' injury is initially. And you saw... Kevin Durant have a Achilles, a Kobe have one. Uh, if you're an old school fan, you saw the uh, what was that? Uh, Dominic Wilkins have one, and it's like a, a whole twelve months to get you back to right. And he had it again. Imagine going through all that and then doing it again. Like it's just demoralizing. And he talked about his mental health struggles. You can imagine that a guy that his dream is right in front of him drafted in the first round for the white Sox, a spot available to him in the major leagues as a, as you said, a rebuilding team, he can be one of the cornerstones of them going forward. And now he's hurt and maybe out of the league last year, he had to play in a college league because there was no major leagues, minor leagues. There was no minor league system for the major league system. So they allow him to play in some college league just to get some bats, get some games going. And now that he's back in major league camp has to feel rewarding. I fought back and he said lost 40 pounds since the pitcher was taken feeling the best shape of his life. I'm rooting for the kid. I saw a picture of him just hitting in the off season and looked like the hands are lightning quick. That stuff can't be taught. That's just a thing you have. And I'm rooting for the kid wherever he goes. If he goes to single a double a, uh, Really don't think he'll make triple A just out of the jump, but get as many batches as you can, kid, and just murder. 
and then we'll see. We'll suss it out after. You may have to grab a right field glove if you can. <laughs> That'd be nice, huh? Maybe some of that uh, newfound, you know, uh, flexibility and agility and, you know, just being trimmed down and slimmed down. Maybe that'll uh, do him well, whether it's here or elsewhere uh, for his career uh, and beyond that. So we're going to take a quick time out here. When we come back, we'll open up the mailbag and we're going to talk about sort of a new structure we're going to have for the show basically from now until hopefully through October, okay? So stay with us right here on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever, and now somehow the Built Bar has even become delicious-er. They've got six new flavors, and also they'll bring back a classic flavor on you. They brought back cookie dough over the weekend, and I snoozed out. I I tried to get my order in before, but they were Boom, they were gone like that. So uh, I did make my order at BuiltBar.com because, as I said before, I am hooked on Built Bars, and I'm trying to implement them in my my weight loss plan here, trying to get uh, summer beach body ready instead of uh, dad bod ready, which is uh, my baseline here. But I've been leaning on the Built Bars a lot lately, and I just ordered. This is the third time now that I've ordered Built Bars on my own dime, uh, and they're a sponsor, so you, you hear us talk about it on the show. But also, I am you know a consumer of these Built Bars. And I can tell you, they're just awesome. As someone who loves sweets, uh, the taste of real chocolate, just awesome. They pack a lot of protein, so that combined with the chocolate, it, it satisfies my sweet tooth and also keeps me full until the next meal. Or maybe it caps off uh, my dinner with a nice little dessert treat at the end of the day, and it's it's just beautiful. I ordered 18. No, check that. I ordered 24. I Usually, I order 18. That's my standard order, but I decided to kick it up a notch. Check it out. Here's my order that I placed on Saturday. I ordered Six of my favorites, say it with me now, the coconut. I ordered six cookies and cream, six mint brownie, and six German chocolate cake. So that's 24 built Bars, uh, which should last me a couple weeks. And what happened was I realized I didn't order enough last time I ordered them because by the time the next box got to me, I ran out and I was starting to make some bad choices again. So I need to make sure that those are with me at all times here. And don't take my word for it here on the podcast because by the time you listen to this, the next flavor could already be at BuiltBar.com. So go there now and make sure you don't miss out on the next limited edition flavor like cookie dough or coconut brownie crunch, which was awesome. So get to BuiltBar.com now and place your order and mention us, Locked On, right? Locked On in the promo code box so they know that we sent you. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. Join walking baseball encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully. That's our guy every day on Locked on MLB for a unique look at the majors, both past and present. Featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Locked on MLB Network's team of local experts, including us, and insightful analysis on the day's biggest stories. Locked on MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Herb, should we open up the bag? Let's do it. A lot of emails. We're going to try to get to some. There's another email. I love email. Oh, we love your emails, too. How can the Lockdown White Sox listener get us emails to read here on Lockdown White Sox? And I should mention, uh, there is a plan here in place for an expanded mailbag. All right? I'll tell you about that. So we're ramping up to five episodes a week starting now until the end of the season and we did five episodes this past week i know but we those were two bonus episodes that we had with uh, sons of hanarchy in our spring training report but we're gonna be going to five episodes a week where we truly are your number one 
source for White Sox coverage in the podcast universe where you can hear about the White Sox every day. And we try to get you, the, we boil it down every day to the most important stuff and try to give our take on it. And you guys can just be with us every day. Have us as your White Sox companion, uh, you know, even on days where there's no games, right? So we're going to five shows a week. That's one. And part two of that is we have some expanded uh, ad revenue coming in. And, you know, we, we've got more spots to play. So we're going to stretch those out and give you one more segment. I don't think the shows are going to be that much longer, but we're just going to try to break up uh, the content a little bit and, and try to find fun ways to do different things and, and do an extra segment every day. So what we're going to do here is instead of doing one traditional mailbag episode every Monday, we're going to sort of do what we just did there, talk about White Sox news and notes, and then we'll talk about what other sub storyline there is that day. And then also and we're going to bring you uh, an email from a listener, hopefully every show. Because it's not easy to get all these emails into a 30-minute show. So I think spreading them out and being more fluid with it is a good way to go. So uh, with that, uh, we'll, we'll get to this uh, email here who came, you know, I almost didn't see this one here. But this comes from Eric. Uh, this is Eric from Washington State. Uh, he says this. Dan, for, Oh, sorry, Herb. How do they email us? My, my bad. Where are my manners here? It's been rusty. We haven't done a show in two days. How, how, how do they get us an email here to get read right on the mailbag? Send it to LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Your questions, comments, White Sox, MLB, otherwise. LockedOnSocks at gmail.com with your questions, comments, emails, whatever you want to write us. We read them all. Not all of them make our shows, but maybe in the future. Absolutely. All right. So as I said here, uh, first email coming in from Eric in Washington State. Eric says this. Dan from Georgia, a buddy since Norwood Park Preschool, inspired me to write this today. We're two Sox fans growing up on, on a Northwest side uh, that are involved for life. Uh, I love the honest opinions presented by you guys, particularly in regard to all things La Russa. Tony would not have been on my list of coaches to manage the team, uh, though what it looks like four to five years of contention. And Jerry blew it by not parting ways with Tony after the predictable backlash from the DUI came to light. Both Tony and the front office deserve the, the heat. But the season is here with Tony as the manager of a fun and talented team. My question is, why continue with the cheap shots directed at Tony? The comments made during last week's mailbag felt tired. Negativity towards the manager takes away from the excitement from me, Dan and Georgia, and most Sox fans and how they're feeling towards the 2021 season. If you live long enough, there are going to be some days where you make serious mistakes. I am not a Tony apologist. He has the money to pay for a driver to avoid any potential of a DUI. It is time to move on and focus on TA and company and not the manager. That's from uh, Eric from Washington State. Eric, we appreciate you checking in. Uh, say hello to uh, Dan from Georgia and all the people here from Norwood Park, not far from where I'm at. So, I, you know, I just let me just start by saying this. So I, I think, I hope we're, we're – I'm with you, Eric. I hope we're done talking about the Tony La Russa thing. I think – you know the comments we made in the in the past week or so, we're we're naturally pivoting towards stuff that's happening on the field because now they're actually there's games being played and guys in baseball pants, so there's things to talk about in that regard. And it's it's Tony's first time being around these guys, so you know it, it certainly appears that they they enjoy playing for him, and he's going to be prepared, which is what I you know suspected when they made the hire. If you remember, go back to the shows and listen. You know pre. DUI news that came out. Go back and listen to the show. You know, we weren't thrilled, just like you, Eric, we're not thrilled about the hiring of Tony LaRussa. But I did try to look at it, you know, uh, with with clear vision and say, okay, 
Not the guy I would have picked, but he does bring some positives to the table. And pretty much all the things that I said and the things that Herb said have, have come to fruition so far, and it's incredibly early. But I didn't think Tony was going to stand in the way of the clubhouse chemistry, and so far it's been any, anything but that. You know, like you guys have come out and said it's great, and even Tony Larusa, if you want to go back to listen, uh, he was on Molly and Haw on Friday, and I was really impressed by by what Tony said. And he knows, just like as I said, I predicted this. I said Tony's been around enough clubhouses to know when there's good chemistry, and he's smart enough to know when there's good chemistry, you don't want to do anything to mess it up. So so far things are going exactly according to plan, other than that that pesky DUI thing. And, and I do agree to a certain extent that there is a, a time and a place to talk about it. I certainly don't expect us to be talking about it much going forward. But if you think it's done from being in the, in the news, I think you're wrong about that. I think there's there's always – this thing's always going to be hovering over this entire thing, which is why I think they should have made the right decision and, and parted ways at the time because this team is built to win right now, but it, the situation is what it is. But if you think we're done hearing about it, I think you're wrong. You know, I, I you know that the dash cam or whatever I think is still a possibility of coming out, and this is going to be a national storyline, I think, once the ESPN – uh, has national game for the Sox and it, we may be done with it locally here but I don't think it's anywhere close to being done because we still don't quite know who knew what and when they knew it and and I agree with you Eric wholeheartedly I, I'd like to be done talking about it but it's just the reality of the situation and it's certainly not on my agenda to talk about it any further because now we could talk about games and relationships and 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 how Tony gets his team ready to win a World Series and you know, I, I don't have much to say anything more about that but to say that it's not a story and it's not a big deal I'll never back down from this not being a big deal because of the way you know drunk driving affected me personally and the way it affects many others personally and people lose loved ones you know because of this stuff so you know it just I don't think it'll it'll ever go away with me but I certainly don't have to bring that to the show and that's certainly not my intention going forward I think we've we've covered the story uh, ad nauseum I think we've did a, done a fair job of covering the story to be honest with you and you know a lot of people don't like talking about it but I think it's important to talk about so uh, with that uh, Herb I'll let you uh, sort of cap that however which way you please there's multiple things there with Eric um I appreciate you sending the email, but last week we were talking about Tony because he was in the news or maybe the week before it was the Bob Nightingale story that pretty much told that Jerry Reinsworth didn't tell his general manager or his uh, baseball operations guy, Kenny Williams, that Tony LaRusso was convicted of a DUI or was about to go went to jail for a DUI. So we talked about it. That's why we were talking about it. We weren't just bringing it up out of uh, thin air. Secondly, I agree with Tanny. This is going to happen. And we said at the time, I'm a managers don't matter guy. So I know Tony won't matter. It won't, he won't, I think he won't either bring better uh, stats to the White Sox or cause them to lose games. So we'll be fine. And we have moved on. And it's the White Sox and the people around them by Bob Nightingale who keep on bringing this story up or other things that don't matter about the team on the field. We would love to just 100% talk about Tim Anderson and other people. That will be perfect. But I just think also people like Eric take offense to us talking about his favorite team like we're talking personally about you, Eric. We're not talking about you. If we talk about your favorite team, the White Sox, which is our favorite team, it's not a slight on you. Don't take it as such. We're talking about Tony La Russa. 
And if we're saying that what he did was bad, don't think that, you know, we're saying that Eric is bad. We're saying Tony Russo, what he did was bad, and he did it multiple times. So let's not lose sight of Tony LaRusso did some fucked up stuff, and he'll have to pay for this stuff. And just because he's our guy, we have to now forget about it and feel better about it, and we have to move on. Don't feel that way, Eric. If we talk about it, we're gonna. If we feel we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk about it. We're not doing things to hurt your feelings. We're doing things so we are expressing what we're feeling. So yeah, it's tough. And I know you're attached to the White Sox. Get yourself a disattached, disassociate yourself from the White Sox as far as your personal feelings. If we talk badly about the White Sox, it's because they're fucking up in our opinion. That's it. It doesn't mean that you are a bad fan. It doesn't mean that you're rooting for the wrong team. We're all in this together, but we're not going to sugarcoat anything just because the White Sox happened to do it. That's the wrong way to go about life with anything. Stop, stop excusing bad behavior just because it's your guy or your girl doing it. When you're being, you're going to yell from the top of the mountains if it's some other team doing it or some other uh, entity, if the Democrats are doing it, the Republicans are doing it. And that's a little farther than I wanted to go. But yeah, <laughs> this is what we need to do. We need to disassociate ourselves from the teams that we happen to be on and listen to people talk about real things and not get it personally affected by it. And just real quick, you know, the whole idea of, you know, if you live long enough, you'll, you'll make mistakes. And sure, we've, we've both made mistakes. Uh, I, you know, knock on wood, I got, you know, I haven't made any mistakes up to that, to that level as Tony LaRusso. Yeah, quite the contrary. I was the victim on the, on the other end of that type of behavior. Um, but let's not forget, folks, not one time mistake. I, I, I'm pretty forgiving in terms of people making mistakes, but this wasn't a, a, a one-time deal with Tony LaRusso. This was the second time that he had been uh, convicted of such behavior, you know. So that's why I was so heated at the time, because everyone makes makes a mistake. Okay, some with more more weight than others do. Okay, some more serious than others. But this was the second time, and my problem with the whole thing was, you, you when you say that this type of behavior is okay and this person has a previous track record of such behavior that that's not okay and especially in the way we see go back and look at 2020 and the way you know people with power only got more powerful and more rich and normal people like the gap continues to widen and really don't want to get too too much further into that but basically rewarding abhorrent behavior is something that I'll, I'll never be okay with but but you're right Eric that it is what it is and this is where we are now and Tony's not going anywhere and you know I I, I don't hate him as, as a manager as much as, as as other people may hate him as a manager like I think he's going to do quite all right for the Sox so but yeah I, I don't think we're done with the story and if, if more news comes up we'll certainly cover it and I'm not going to make any apologies for that but uh, yeah I, I hope it's done, just like you do, Eric. I, I think we both hope that we're done talking about it and it's not in the news anymore, but sadly, I, I don't think that's true. Um, uh, that's all I got tonight, Herbie. So what we're going to do here is uh, Tuesday, we're going to talk about how Tim Anderson uh, tried to get me fired, okay? And then we'll, we'll read some more of your emails, and uh, we'll, we'll continue on here as we ramp back up to five episodes a week here on Lockdown White Sox. But that's all I got on this uh, little uh, abridged Mailbag Monday spring training recap version of Lockdown White Sox. And that is the voice of Chris Tannehill, who, if you go to Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill on Twitter, 
you'll see that he's followed by not only Hall of Famer Frank Thomas, but the man he was just speaking about. Tim Anderson just gave him a follow this oh, week. We'll so get to that tomorrow, yeah. This man is big time. If you're not following Chris <laughs> Tannehill, you should be. He's well-reasoned White Sox fan. It's only like one tweet a day, if that. And usually it's funny as fuck. So follow Chris Tannehill on Twitter, Instagram. Follow the show at Locked on Socks on Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube. I'm Herb Lawrence, Echnowall 23. Don't follow me. It's boring. It's a lot of it. <laughs> uh, but go to YouTube right now and follow our or subscribe to our YouTube channel, Locked on Socks. Hit the notifications bell so you know when we're dropping a new video. We dropped the George Offman one. The very fun Sons of Honarchy episode is up there. The George Offman one's got great White Sox stories, him dealing with Ozzy Guillen, which Chris puts out little vignettes on our Locked on Sox Twitter page that says, hey, this is our little two-minute preview of the larger uh, YouTube video. So Yeah, go got the retweet from Ozzy today. Ozzy gave us the retweet with the George oh, yeah. Offman story. Hey. That was good. That was, I'd love to see it. So you're missing some good stuff. If you can see our beautiful faces, too, on YouTube. I'm wearing a White Sox hat. I got my guy. Jose Abreu here. Tanny's in his palatial basement with all the White Sox paraphernalia behind him. Frank Thomas, uh, sleeveless jersey. Excellent. So go there right now and watch our YouTube channel, uh, Locked on Socks. So for Chris Tannenhill, followed by Tim Anderson and Frank Thomas, Herb <laughs> Lawrence, I'm followed by Glendon Rush. Not I, White Sox. I am too. Or, sorry, Will Oman follows me too. Oh, there you go. Sorry, there's the White Sox. Great. <laughs> so for Herb Lawrence, me, Chris Tannenhill, Thank you for joining us. Three, two, one. Thank you for joining us on Locked On White Sox.